I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Garrett Wilson. Wow! What a catch! Touchdown, Jets! That kid's amazing. Gibson on the return. Near side. I don't see any flags. Gibson inside the 30. Hits the Jets. And he's going to go. Jets win it. Touchdown. Rookie Xavier Gibson. Game over. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinn Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen, thank you. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it is time for a mailbag because the Jets played on Black Friday. So lots and lots of questions. And I'm happy to welcome back somebody that hasn't been on the show in a while, been very, very busy in the world of the WNBA. The season's over now. She went on vacation, was able to have a little bit of fun, and now she's throwing herself right back into the world of the New York Jets. Our old friend, who of course is an occasional contributor over at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel, the social media manager for the Connecticut Sun in the WNBA, Miss Kayla Pace. KP, good to have you back. Oh, I'm glad to be back. I love hearing everyone's thoughts on the Jets at this time of year. (laughs) (laughs) The sarcasm just dripping, dripping through from KP. Good to have you back. And I'm glad we have plenty of questions to answer, although many of them are just, what am I doing with my life? The first one I wanted to throw out there, though, Kayla, is I put a poll up and boy, did it get a heck of a response. And the poll was if the Jets wind up with the number three overall pick, they've decided not to draft a quarterback in the first round, which that's basically what's going to happen. The Jets are not drafting a quarterback in the first round because of Aaron Rodgers. In this theoretical, they're not picking quarterback and Caleb Williams and Drake May are off the board anyway. They're sitting at number three. Do you draft Marvin Harrison Jr.? Draft the guy that you deem the best tackle available. Maybe that's Olu Fashanu from Penn State, Joe Alt from Notre Dame, or somebody else. Do you go in a different direction entirely and go with a wild card, maybe somebody like Brock Bowers, or do you trade down and pick up a bunch of extra picks, keeping in mind, of course, that the Jets don't have a second rounder because that went to Green Bay in the Aaron Rodgers trade. Me personally, I would be very tempted by Marvin Harrison Jr. And I wouldn't be upset if the Jets did it. But in this scenario, I think the move is trade down, pick up a bunch of extra picks, and rebuild the entire offense 
from what Brandon Thorne has said, and if you don't know who Brandon Thorne is, go follow him on Twitter. He is a phenomenal resource on offensive linemen. He says that there are a ton of really, really good offensive linemen in this draft. And so, to me, that signals that the move is trade down, get a bunch of offensive linemen and wide receivers and maybe even a tight end. Anybody that can help on offense, use all those premium picks. And then also, Kayla, my thought is if you trade down and get extra picks, you now have a possible excuse to actually draft a quarterback because it's going to be tough to do otherwise to draft a quarterback before late day three. If you have the extra picks, you might be able to justify it because otherwise you're going to have to try and rebuild this pathetic offense with a very small amount of picks. What do you think? Are you on the Marvin Harrison train in this situation? Would you go with Fashanu or Alt? Would you go with a wild card like Brock Bowers? Or would you do what I just said and trade down and try and get a bunch of picks? I think I'm between um, taking one of the the elite offensive linemen at the top. Um, I really like the Penn State guy. I don't want to screw up his name over and over again because I I know I will. But um, (laughs) he's probably my favorite right now. And um, I would not be mad in any form if you use pick number three on that guy. Um, I think for what it's worth, I know we haven't really seen it because of all the injuries, but... The Jets are supposed to have some pretty solid offensive linemen that get out there. Um, if they think that there's a chance that they could bring back a really strong, solid offensive line. Um, I, I, again, I know we ha- don't really have any physical proof of that ever being a thing. Um, but if they, if they decide to just add one that they think kind of pushes them to the next level with guys coming back at a healthy state, then I, I can get on board with that. Um, or just somebody that is going to be like, I, I still think about Nick Mangold and Debrickishaw Ferguson every day of my life. So I, I just like want someone who's going to be an anchor on that line so, so badly. So um, I would be okay with that, but I would also be totally fine with trading down, especially like you said, Scott, like if there's, if there's a bunch of really good offensive linemen in this draft, then like, why not trade back a little bit? I, I would be honestly, and I know this sounds a little crazy, but I would be a little bit mad with like a Marvin Harrison Jr. pick just because like, okay, cool. Toss him out there and no one will ever be able to get him the ball. Like it's just, it's a, it's a frustrating situation that we're in where we're supposed to be further along in this process. Um, I would love to feel like with a third overall pick, we could take a skilled player that, that really levels us up, but without the protection like I I feel like the root of everything is the offensive line like even guys that aren't as good in skill positions like they're gonna get the fed the ball in a in a more digestible way and like more consistently if the quarterback's behind a good offensive line so um well I I'm really just a firm believer in like we have to stack that up um, so whatever way they choose to do that is fine with me. But uh, if, the, if our first pick of the draft isn't an offensive lineman, that's where you lose me. I'll, I'm going to be pissed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. To your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from NGSG Dude. He asks offensive line questions. First, while Makai Becton has been okay, how comfortable can the Jets feel bringing him back with two years of line injuries tanking the offense? Would they be comfortable investing in him for next season? Also, as far as team building, do the Jets need to heavily invest in quality offensive line depth or just assume injury luck will normalize next season? First part of this, every bit of information I've seen tends to indicate that both Becton and the Jets want a clean break here. Becton's not exactly the biggest fan of the coaching staff based on what I've heard. And after what's gone on the last couple of years with the way that especially Mike LaFleur tended to throw him under the bus when he was talking to the press, you could sort of understand why. And also, as you correctly identified, if you're the Jets, you have to be careful here because Becton was out for two years. He's banged up again now. How much do you reasonably want to invest in a left tackle that can't stay on the field? I'd like to see Becton back, but I don't know that you can make your plans around him, especially after the Jets have been burned so badly with offensive line injuries the last couple of years. It's an unfortunate situation, but it sounds like a clean split is most likely. And as far as investing in offensive line depth, yeah, for sure. But part of this also comes back to how much do you like the guys that are already here? And what I mean by that is... What do you think of Carter Warren? What do you think of Max Mitchell? Are those guys that you think can be quality depth going forward? I assume that Carter Warren will get opportunities to play the rest of the year, so maybe he can even prove he has what it takes to be a starter. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but he'll get chances and maybe we'll see and he'll pleasantly surprise us. So they have to do a good evaluation of who they already have here, who they think could actually be a good depth piece. And then from there, they have to go out and find other guys that can be quality depth pieces, whether that's in the draft, where, as I said, Brandon Thorne says there's a lot of really good offensive line prospects or in free agency or somebody else's practice squad. We've seen it many times where a team poaches somebody off a practice squad and they end up being good. So they have to sit down and really figure out what they want to do in terms of depth, but they have to make sure that they put themselves in the best possible position to have as many quality offensive linemen as they can. Yeah, Scott, I feel like you stole the words right out of my mouth on the uh, the depth part where it's like, I mean, I guess the one positive in this absolute disaster of a season on the offensive line is that we're actually going to find out how good our depth pieces are. And it's rare that you get to the real in-game opportunity to truly figure it out. But it's like, nope, these guys are all playing. Like everyone on the line is going to play. Everyone's going to get meaningful reps in, sen- in the sense of like throughout the entire game and all different kinds of situations. Um so that's great. I mean, the, the games themselves might not mean anything, but the reps do. So um, like, it'll be nice to find that out. But I think the way that that question was worded, like gave me a little like red flag a little bit where it's like, oh, we just assume that it'll it'll even back out with the luck on the, the injuries. Like, no, 
we can't we can never do that <laughs> and it's not just because um it's not just because we're a like sad jets fans it's just because every like every time in history like especially on the jets is like okay yeah no every time we've assumed things will be okay it's like it's absolutely not so i think they got to do like a real deep dive on the line and like i said in the beginning like if um what we're looking for is like an early round pick and like what what would that be i think it's offensive line so it's like adding to it um make like making sure that that's like a focal point so that way the skill players can succeed because there's no way they're succeeding without a solid offensive line. And then also too on Makai, I mean, I love the dude, but like anyone who's played through this era of Jets football, like I also understand why they might want a clean slate. They might want to leave. Like there's plenty of like of good players on the Jets who haven't been able to reach their full potential. Um, and like, you know, pl- players like Makai who've been injured where it's like, would it be nice for them to maybe not be part of this, NFL experiment that's going on right now with Aaron Rodgers and the Jets and letting him essentially run the team like does maybe Makai just wants to go somewhere where he can go out there and and be a part of a team with a plan (laughs) a a team with a plan that's like working (laughs) like it's just like this is just like such a like I said several times like we're in purgatory so it's like yeah maybe he wants to go somewhere where there's more of an idea of like this could work or this is working um so for what it's worth, like I wouldn't blame him for wanting to leave. I would love to see him stay, but I also can't mentally justify like a huge investment into him. But I also don't know what another team is going to give. I mean, like he's a good offensive lineman right now, um, but like he's not like I. I don't think that he has ever been like, oh, like this is the end all be all left tackle for us. Like I mean, he's had great games. He's he's a really good player, but it's like it's been too up and down and unpredictable. So um, it kind of depends, I think, on what his market value is and like how that's kind of set by what other teams are looking for. But if you can get Makai back for a decent price and he actually wants to come back, then why not? But otherwise, I I think it'll probably be a goodbye situation. Jay Harv asks whether or not Hackett can actually stay here after this disaster. He says, enough with let's not hurt Aaron's feelings. Him and Hackett are friends, I get it. Salah has done what he can to hold this team together and has a hand in the defense's success. But for the love of God, Hackett is the worst play caller I've ever seen. And Sean Payton was right. Every single word he said about Hackett was true. Nothing that you said is something that I would argue with, except the part about Enough with not trying to hurt Aaron Rodgers' feelings. Bottom line is, there's no way that they can get rid of Nathaniel Hackett as long as Aaron Rodgers is here. They've got him for at least one year, hopefully two, because you don't want him walking away with that dead cap number. It's bad enough that they have to rely on a 41-year-old quarterback, but if he leaves and then they've got a $66 million dead cap hit or a $49 million dead cap hit, then they're doubly screwed. So you want him to come back and hopefully play at a high level for the next two years and at least get some return on that investment. And the bottom line is they're going to go out of their way to make him comfortable. That includes Hackett staying here unless they can find a way to convince Rodgers to let them get rid of Hackett. I can't see any way that happens. The only thing I think has a very small chance of happening, but even this I doubt, is maybe they can find a way to convince Rodgers 
to let them take the play calling duties away from Hackett next year because remember Hackett didn't call the plays in Green Bay it was Matt LaFleur but I really doubt that even happens so sorry to say yes we all know that Hackett needs to go but he's not going anywhere unless Rodgers signs off on it and I find it very difficult to believe there's any way that he would yeah the, I, the only thing I can think of that would really um make that kind of shift is like like yes Aaron Rodgers has to be on board but like we're we're all focused on what are Rodgers or what what is Sala and um and Douglas going to do but I think you have to also think about the the locker room a little bit in this scenario like I know all of those guys like I mean at least from what we've seen seem to really like love and respect Rodgers they want to like play for like for him with him whatever it might be um but I think that in the only maybe the only way that Aaron Rodgers would be swayed is if like maybe the the team is more like I don't even really know how to say this like if he can sense that the team is out on Hackett like I feel like the other players like if they're I mean I don't know how the other players feel about Hackett right like you get like the the um press conference answers like oh we're a team we're this we're that whatever I don't know what the, like the offense actually thinks of Hackett as a person. Like I'm sure they're all sitting there wishing they were playing with Aaron Rodgers. Like that's the the dream they were sold here. But like, um, I just I wonder if like that like that relationship between Hackett and the players, it, if that gets like negative enough, then maybe Aaron Rodgers would want to change something because like I mean, if the players aren't bought in, then like that's not going to help anybody, no matter who the quarterback is. So it's like I don't know. I mean it's all very like speculative and there's no like information out there about that. But like, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is going to want his teammates to be excited for him to be back on the field and trust that the offense is going to work. So like, that's really the only thing I could think of, but I, I don't know what else would have to happen. Um, I don't think that anyone at the top is going to be convincing Rodgers. I think it'd be his own teammates. Just hearing the way that Aaron Rodgers talks about Nathaniel Hackett and how defensive he gets of him and how he says, hey, I won two MVPs in this offense. Anybody that's complaining doesn't know what they're talking about. It just seems to me that if the players came to him and started complaining, which I don't think any of them would have the guts to do anyway, that he would basically right. take them aside and say, no, listen, it'll work. Trust me. I'll help. Blah, blah, blah. I was good in this right. offense. Believe me, it's going to be great. So I could be wrong, but I just can't see a scenario where he'd be okay with it. But we'll see. Yeah. Anything's possible, I guess. Like you said, we don't know for sure. We're just guessing based on available information. Before we go, let's check in with my buddy Walter Cherpinski of WalterFootball.com for his picks from around the league. See if he can help you make a few bucks this Sunday. Walter, the floor is yours, my friend. Thanks, Scott. We already had three of our biggest sides of the week with Dallas, San Francisco, and Miami covering. Uh, yes, Miami, I'm sorry about your Jets. Uh, that was a play against Tim Boyle, who had 12 touchdowns and 26 interceptions at Connecticut and Eastern Kentucky. Not sure what he's doing in the NFL, but it was a great opportunity to fade him, so I'm going to be thankful for that. Um, so we already had, like I said, three of our biggest sides of the week. I also like uh, Pittsburgh as well, but that's the only real that's that's really the only side I like a lot on Sunday. Uh, and also Monday. So I thought I'd do something different this week and go over player props, which we've done on your show before. I'm going to start with Christian Kirk over 60 and a half receiving yards. Uh, the Texans have allowed the seventh most production to slot receivers this year. Kirk obviously plays in the slot. Um, and also Zay Jones may be out. He only had one limited 
practice this week. So uh, it's going to be a consolidated receiving core if Jones is sidelined. Even if he's not, I, I think that it's going to be a Kirk week, whereas last week it was more uh, Calvin Ridley. So I like Christian Kirk a lot over 16.5. Uh, speaking of teams that really struggle against slot receivers, um, the Buccaneers have allowed the most production uh, to slot receivers this year. Josh Downs has gone over 47.5 receiving yards, which is the, the prop that we're looking at. He's gone over he's gone over that total four of the six games in which uh, he and Gardner Minshew have played fully together. Uh, you know, he didn't do that in Germany, but he, he, he was playing limited snaps because he was injured. Uh, and now coming off a bye, I expect him to be healthy. So I, I think that he gets over that uh, pretty easily. Uh, and, and also another uh, slot receiver I like this week, Demario Douglas uh, for the Patriots. He's become their top receiver. Uh, he's really become uh, a full-time player since week seven. So that hasn't been, uh, it hasn't been that long. Um, in that span, those, those four games, he's gone over 48 and a half receiving yards, which is the, the total we're looking at. He, he's gone over that three out of four games. The Giants have allowed the third most production uh, to slot receivers this year. So a big fan of that. Uh, let's go to a running back next. Uh, Derek Henry over 68 and a half rushing yards. This almost seems too easy. Uh, the Panthers have allowed the second most uh, production to uh, running backs this year. Uh, Carolina's run defense is just so abysmal. And Derek Henry's gone over 68 and a half rushing yards in every single favorable ma- matchup this, this year. He's had some tough matchups as well. So you're not going to see that fully in the box scores. Uh, but against all, all the soft run defenses this year, he's gone over. So I'm, I'm pretty confident that he's going to do that again. Uh, a tight end I like this week is Pat Fryermuth. Uh, he came back uh, from injury last week. He didn't do much. He caught one pass for seven yards. But that was a really tough matchup against Cleveland. Uh, this one against Cincinnati is so easy. Uh, the Bengals have allowed the second most production to tight ends this year. Um, I'm not seeing any Fryermuth receiving uh, yard uh, props, unfortunately. But I like his uh, first touchdown score prop at 17-1 to 1 odds. You can find that on FanDuel. Um, I, th- I think that there's a good chance that he gets into the end zone here against Cincinnati's defense, which has been very leaky to the position, as I said. Uh, And one other tight end I like, too, Jawan Johnson uh, for the Saints. Uh, his his ADOS pretty low, average depth of target. So I'm not I'm not looking at the yards, but I like his receptions total, uh, two and a half uh, plus one hundred at DraftKings. Um, the Falcons have allowed every single tight end this year to look like Tony Gonzalez. So I think that Jawan Johnson is in for a big game. So uh, those are the WalterFootball.com Week Twelve prop picks. Uh, back to you, Scott. Thanks, Walter, and thanks for listening. Make sure you check out everything Walter and Charlie Campbell are doing over at WalterFootball.com. Check out everything we're doing at PlayLikeAJet.com and the PlayLikeAJet YouTube channel. We've got some awesome All-22 breakdowns on our channel, so watch our videos and subscribe if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash PlayLikeAJet. Visit our store, TeePublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies, it's all there. TeePublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public and be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com.